Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here on this Super Bowl weekend. I'd like to welcome all those in our South Campus. I'd like to welcome those in our Grovetown campus. Hope you've had a great week. In 1959, Vince Lombardi became uh, the coach of a fledgling team of uh, the Green Bay Packers. And it was really uh, slow and going. And the legend tells us that one day after uh, a, a very bad showing, he met the team in the locker room. He walked in that locker room with a football on, in his hands, and he looked at the team and he said, Gentlemen, this is a football. And then he started to uh, talk about the basics of football. He talked about the field and how uh, the, the length of the field and the width of the field. He said that there are lines on the field, and if you'll get this ball over the goal line, you'll score six points. He went back to the basics, and he stressed the fundamentals of the game. And that legendary talk turned it around. For Green Bay, won five championships out of the next seven years, and they won Super Bowl number one and Super Bowl number two. People will tell you it went back to that very day. He went back to basics. So tonight, when the winner is crowned, they will be given the Vince Lombardi Trophy. So his legacy lives on because he was willing to go back to the basics. Yeah, That's the most nerve-wracking thing I had to do today. In front of a lot of people and, uh, and campuses, yes. I'm sure, Grovetown, you're proud of that, right? Vince Lombardi said, gentlemen, this is a football, but today I want to go back to the basics, spiritually speaking, and say to you, ladies and gentlemen, this is a Bible. This is a Bible. We called it a Bible, but it's more than a Bible. See, Bible means book, but this is more than a book. This is the Holy Bible, for this book has been set apart. It's different than any other book. It is the inerrant, infallible Word of God. It is the Holy Bible. It is special. It is unlike any other book on your shelves. We know that this book has power. It has supernatural power in it. That when we read the Bible, we are reading the very words of God. When we read the Bible, we're reading the very words of God. Last week, I talked about the Bible, and I said it was written over a period of 1,600 years by 40 different authors. I want to clarify something. Actually, it was one author. God wrote the Bible. But God used men uh, as to write with their pens, but God inspired the words. The series is based on 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 16 and 17, when it says, All Scripture is God-breathed, and it is useful 
It is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God, so the servant of God would be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We see this so that the servant of God, so that you, so that you will be thoroughly equipped for every good work, so that you will be thoroughly equipped to accomplish your purpose in this life. So that you'll be thoroughly equipped to have a healthy family. So that you'll be thoroughly equipped so that you will have wisdom and insight with your money. I believe that the Bible speaks to all of us in our everyday lives. It is as current as the morning's newspaper. And it is anointed as God's word. And so we pick it up today and we look We look at the Bible because I believe it has power. It has power, supernatural power, to change your life. In fact, I believe there are four specific ways that God's Word can change your life. First of all, God's Word recreates your life. It activates faith in your life. It inspires spiritual growth in your life, and it releases potential. And that's what we're going to focus on today. So first of all, the Word of God recreates your life. Have you ever been in a place where you just wanted, uh, maybe you're in the middle of a project, maybe you're painting a room, or maybe you're renovating um, your house, and in the middle of it, you just said, man, I wish I could just start over. Maybe you look at your family, and you're halfway through raising your kids, you're halfway through uh, a relationship and you just wish you could start over. Man, I've been there so many times. You're halfway through maybe your career, halfway through um, something or another, and you just say, man, if I could only start over. Well, the Word of God gives you spiritual power to start your life over. And I'm not talking about turning over a new leaf, but I'm talking about embracing and receiving a brand new life. Some of you feel like, no, Marty, that's, I hear this new life thing, and you just don't know me. I, I've made too many mistakes. I, I've made too many blunders along the way. I want you to understand that God specializes in giving people a fresh start. God specializes in giving people a fresh start and changing people's life. And I just want to encourage you to give your life to him to give this situation to him, to give your marriage to him, give your career to the Lord today. Just surrender that. Say, God, I am giving this over to you today. The Bible talks about it specifically when, we, uh, have, uh, when it mentions that we're about a new life, and it uses the term being born again. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it says, Um, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring, what? The living and enduring Word of God. The Word of God is alive. It's living. It's enduring. So how do we respond to the words of this book? Here's how we respond. We accept it. We receive this Word. That's what James chapter 1 says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word 
planted in you which can save you. I want you to humbly accept the word that has been planted in you which can save you. Accept this message. When you accept this message, God's word comes and washes you clean. It removes every mistake. It removes the stain of sin. You don't have to live in shame. You don't have to live in guilt. You don't have to live in regret. You can be free. That's what 1 John tells us. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. He'll remove all the junk out of your life. We talk about that a lot, get the junk out of your life. He'll remove the the guilt and the shame and the dirt. You see, all of us have sinned, and Jesus came to pay for the penalty of our sin. Jesus paid the fine. I was reading in this book, More Than a Carpenter by Josh McDowell, and he tells a story about a young woman who is speeding and, and stopped by an officer in the law of the law in, on the West Coast. She was given a ticket, and she was carried before the judge. The judge looked down at her, read the rate of speed, the law that was broken, and looked at this young woman and said, guilty or not guilty. She looked up at the judge and she said, guilty, sir. And he brought down his gavel and said, $100 fine, ma'am. She began to tremble and she began to shake. He pushed his chair from the uh, seat of justice. He stood up. He took off the robes of judging. He laid it across his chair. He walked down in front and stood right beside her. He pulled out his wallet and he counted out $100 and paid her fine. You see, the judge was her father. And because he was an honest judge, because he was a just judge, somebody had to pay the fine. Somebody had to meet the penalty. When God discovered us breaking his law, somebody had to pay the fine. Somebody had to meet the penalty. So God's son Jesus stood up and took his robes of judging off. He came, as the Bible says, and down to this earth and was made flesh, and he dwelt among us. And Jesus gave his life on the cross to pay for the penalty of our sin, to pay our fine. Jesus paid your fine. And now we can stand here with no condemnation. That's why Paul wrote to the church at Rome and said, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We have been cleansed by the word of God. We have been made holy by God's word. He comes to recreate our lives. Here's the second thing. The Word of God activates your faith. The Word of God activates your faith. It says faith comes by hearing uh, and hearing by the Word of God. We hear the Word. It causes our faith to grow up. It causes us to mature. Uh, This past Christmas, Patty gave me for Christmas an Apple Watch. 
Now, this watch is very interesting. You open up this watch, and, and my goodness, there's, there's so many apps on this watch. And it can be overwhelming when you first uh, um, have uh, Apple Watch for the first time, and you really don't know what to do with all of those things. And there is a temptation, instead of trying to figure out what all those apps are about, there's a temptation just to put it on your arm and just to say, okay, here's the time, and that's all. I was tempted to do that. But, you know, you have a choice here. You're going to just use it for time, or you're going to get down, and you're going to take some time, and you're going to study and say, what does all this mean? It's one of those gifts that you don't think you really need, but then you get it, and then you wonder how you can live without it. Like, how many steps does it take to preach a sermon? <laughs> about 2,000. It's crazy. I do about 6,000 steps on Sunday. So anyway, I would have never known that had not I had an Apple Watch that are counting my steps. Life-changing. But let me say this. You have a choice. You can just use the functions that you understand, or you can take time to try to study up and to see of all the benefits that this gift provides you. You know, faith is the same way. God gives faith as a gift. When you hear the message of Jesus, you receive this gift. God gives you this. But then you start to read in his word, and you understand there's so many more benefits to faith than just I first imagined. And reading the Bible activates this faith. And so you have a choice. Am I just going to go through the motions and stay right where I am, or am I going to pick up God's Word, and I'm going to read it and activate faith in my life? Because there are so many more benefits found in the Scriptures but it's going to take some time for you to investigate, for you to actually read the Bible and learn those benefits. In the scripture, there's a man that came to Jesus and said, my little girl is sick. Will you come to my house and pray for her? And Jesus said, of course I'll do that. Jesus heads over to his house and he gets stopped by the crowds and, and interrupted here and interrupted there. And to the point, he was slow in coming to someone came from the house and said, oh, by the way, you don't need to worry about coming over to the house because the girl's already dead. And the people were upset and the people were distraught. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 50, it says, when Jesus heard what happened, he said to Jairus, he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Just have faith, and she will be healed. Just have faith. Another version of the Bible of this verse says, only believe. Only believe, and your daughter will uh, be healed. Well, Jesus goes over to his house. He lays hands on this little girl who is dead, and the girl comes back to life. The power of faith. And you look at that and everybody would say, man, that is impossible. Well, things that are impossible to you and me are made possible when Jesus comes and, and lays his hands on you. 
the power of God's word. And I realize some of you are facing impossible situations. I realize that in the natural, you don't know how in the world you're going to get well. That in the natural, you can never overcome this addiction. That in the natural, your family could never be restored. But God is saying that those things that are impossible in the natural are made possible by one touch of the master's hand. Only believe. If you'll only have faith, if you'll only have faith, I believe that a breakthrough is on the way. If you'll only have faith, I believe that help is coming your way. Friends, it's not complicated. God didn't say to you, oh, if you will pray 20 hours, then it'll work. Or No, if you will memorize these 12 chapters, then everything's going to be better He didn't say that at all. What did he say? If you'll only believe. If you'll only have faith. It takes faith. Nothing will happen until you step out in faith, until you believe. It's interesting that in tonight's football game, it features two quarterbacks, and and neither one of these quarterbacks are shy about their faith. Patrick Mahomes Um, of the Chiefs and Jalen Hurts of the Eagles have been outspoken about their faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, they've talked about how their faith has allowed them and helped them to succeed at the highest levels of their, their sport. Patrick Mahomes, after the Chiefs defeated the Bengals, he was being interviewed and he gave credit to God. In fact, he went one step further and said, God healed my body. He said, God healed my body, and he gave me the strength to be out there. You see, God's word gives you the strength that you need. Whatever you're faced with, God's strength, God's word gives you that strength. Listen to the words of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. He says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength who strengthens me. And I believe that's true. I believe you can get through what you're going through. You can get through this challenge. You can get through this problem because you are strong in the Lord and you are strong in his power. The word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's quick. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And, and it, when you activate faith, it changes your life. Here's the third thing. The Word of God inspires your spiritual growth. It inspires your spiritual growth. You know, God's will is for you to grow up. You know, babies are so cute. And we love to hold little babies. But if babies stay babies, then it's tragic. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people grow older, but they never grow up. God wants you to mature. God wants you to develop. It's not about getting older. It's about growing up. And if you really want to grow up spiritually, you've got to get in the book. If you want to grow up spiritually, you've got to carve time out of your schedule, and you've got to read the Bible. Do you know that if you'll read the Bible for 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, you can read through the entire Bible in one year. If you would just do away with one show, just a 30-minute block, 
you'll read the Bible, the whole Bible in six months. And like I said last week, you can use the app. And if you don't know how to pronounce the, uh, the, the words, my goodness, just hit speak and they'll read the Bible to you. Just receive God's word. But it, it, you have to have a, it requires you making a choice. You've got to carve out time. You've got to carve out time and create space for God to speak to you. The more you get into it, the more you're going to grow. When you read it and study it and memorize it and then you apply it to your life, that truth will eventually transform your life. If you've been around Stevens Creek very much, you've heard us talk about transformation and you talk, you'll hear us talk about how life how growth often happens in the context, life change often co- happens in the context of community, in the context of a small group. We've been talking about small groups. It's in small groups we uh, study the Bible. It's in small groups that we learn how to uh, grow in our faith. People grow best when they're connected to meaningful relationships. And if you've not signed up for a small group, you can do that at our website. Or, my goodness, just step out in the lobby to the information center. And there are people there that will help you get connected, whether at this campus, our South Campus, or our Grovetown Campus. But get connected. The more you get with other believing Christians, the more spiritually mature you're going to be, the more you're going to become. Some time ago, I received this note. It said, tonight I had my very first small group. I was so scared to lead, so nervous, I almost felt sick. But after only 10 minutes with complete strangers, I knew I was right where God wanted me to be. Each and every one of you have impacted my life, and I am so thankful. When I first came to the creek, this is classic. When I first came to the creek, It was only to make my husband happy. But each day, something changed inside of me. My faith started to grow. My desire to be closer to God increased, and my heart was filled, and I was saved. Thanks, each and every one of you. I feel sure that my husband and I would still be on a downward spiral, drinking and drugging, if it were not for us coming to the creek. Thank you so much for your prayers and encouragement to lead. And she finishes, I am proud to be a creaker. Amen. I want you to grow in your faith. I want you to mature. I just don't want you to grow older. I want you to grow in maturity. I said there's four things. Here's the fourth and final one. The Word of God releases your potential. The Word of God releases your potential. This is important because only God, your creator, only God, your creator, knows your full potential. Your parents don't know your full potential. Your spouse doesn't know your full potential. Uh, Your employer doesn't know your full potential. Not even your friends know your full potential. You don't even know the greatness that is lodged deep inside of you. Only God knows what you're capable of. And it's easy to get stuck at a place in your life and you think, oh, I'll never get past this. I'll never uh, 
Uh, I'll always be right where I am, but I've reached my limit. And so many times we get stuck at a place like that is because we have believed the lies that other people have told us. And those lies have become limits to us. Maybe it was a parent that says, oh, you'll never be successful. Or maybe a coach said to you, oh, you're too small. You don't have what it takes. Maybe a coworker said, you know what? You're never going to beat that addiction. You might as well get used to it. In life, there will always be people telling you what you cannot become, that you don't have what it takes, that your dreams are not going to come to pass. And too many times we latch on to those negative words, and those negative words develop what Scripture would call a stronghold in your life. A spiritual stronghold in my life is a lie that I believe. A spiritual stronghold in my life is a lie that I believe. Satan wants you to live below your spiritual potential. And he uses strongholds to keep you from God's best. But I want you to understand this. Satan's a liar. He is lying to you. He is a liar and he is a father of lies. And his number one goal is to enslave you. His number one goal is to hold you back. Satan wants you to believe that you've gone as far as you can go, that you're not talented enough, that you will never beat this addiction, that you will never accomplish your dreams. But hear me today. God would not have given you those dreams if he had not given you the ability to accomplish them. You have what it takes. Hear me. You have what it takes. You have what uh, you need. There is potential inside of you that is longing to be released. When God laid out the plan for your life, he deposited in you skill and wisdom and creativity and everything that you need to accomplish the purpose that he has for your life. You have exactly what you need. You're tall enough, you're smart enough, you're attractive enough, you're talented enough. You have been fearfully and you have been wonderfully made. And when you have God's word living inside of you, you can have the confidence that you're going to be who God made you to be. Your gifts, your talents, your anointing, it's going to be, your potential is going to be released. Jesus released potential in people. Think about it this way. When Jesus chose his 12 disciples, they were not perfect people at all. They were not perfect people. They had a lot of faults and a lot of weaknesses. Uh, Peter was hot-tempered and he was loud. Thomas was a doubter and he was skeptical and Thomas was cynical. Matthew was a tax collector and in those days, tax collectors were known for being dishonest and manipulative. Yet Jesus looked into the eyes of all 12 of those disciples, and he said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Now, being very practical here, when Jesus spoke those words, these men were not the light of the world. They were just ordinary people. Carpenters and fishermen and tax collectors. 
But Jesus did not call them what they were. He called them and spoke to them of what they could become. He called them what they could become. He saw the potential in their lives. With his words, he helped shape their future. And eventually, they grew into that calling. Eventually, they rose to what they were called to be. And they became the light of the world. They became a group of men that changed human history. You see, the the Word of God changed their lives. And I believe today that the Word of God can change your life. You say, wait a minute, Marty. How can I be changed? I mean, I'm not even a religious person. I showed up here because a friend encouraged me to come and promised me that we'd go to lunch afterwards. Well, I, thanks for coming. And honestly, all I want you to do is just one thing. The, my only request for you is just come back next week. You don't have to do anything else. Just come back next week. But so many times people say, how can I change? Well, it requires change requires a step of faith. A step, just a step, just one, just one step of faith. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. We said that step of faith that only believe. Just say, Jesus, I believe in you, and I'm going to give you my life. If you will do that, if you'll pray that, say, Jesus, I'm surrendering my life to you. I'm giving my life to you. He'll do three things for you. First of all, he will forgive you of all of your sins. All of your sins. He'll wipe your slate clean. All this guilt and shame you have uh, because, and this regret for your past life, he's going to clean the slate. The second thing is he's going to give you strength to manage the problems that you have. He's going to give you strength to manage it. You can get through this with his help. And look, let me say this. There are some of you today that you're going to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're going to be saved. And you know what? This week, by the end of the week, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have a problem. Being saved doesn't mean that you don't have problems, but it means that you're not going to be alone in those problems that you have, that Jesus is going to be with you. Because if you refuse this offer and you're not saved today, guess what? By the end of the week, you're going to have a problem. That's life. But what Jesus is saying is that you don't have to go into life alone, that that he will go with you. He'll put you in his family. You'll have a group of people there supporting you. And the third thing is he's going to secure the best possible future for you. Think about it. Of all the people in the world, of all the people in the world, he brought you here to Stevens Creek Church today. Think about that. Of all the people in the world, he brought you here to this church to hear this message. So don't miss this opportunity because this opportunity is an opportunity of a lifetime for you. And God wants you to take a spiritual step towards him. For some of you, that means that you're going to have a conversation with him. 
And you're going to invite Jesus to be the leader and the Lord of your life. And your life will be forever different. For another group of you, like I just said, you're brand new to the creek and you're saying, man, it's a, I just came here just checking things out. It's like, it's like when you buy a used car that you go around and you look at all the cars. And I'm just here kicking some tires, just trying to figure out if this is something for me. You're, you're good. This is where you need to be. And so all you have to do is just come back next week. We're not going to make you stand up. We're not going to make you do anything. We're, just come back. Just come back next week. And then there's another group of you that you're hearing this message. And when I say, give your life to Jesus, you say, well, I've already been saved and baptized, but God is speaking. He said, give your life to me. In other words, God is prompting you to serve, to volunteer. God is prompting you to offer yourself to be used by God in a way to to help other people, in a way to spread the good news of Jesus. God's calling you. God's calling you today. Will you answer the call? So I want to pray over you over the next few minutes. And the very first prayer that I want to pray, I want to pray for those of you that have never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Today is the day for that. Today is your day. I mean, you're here. And of all the people in the world, God chose you to be here today for this moment. For this moment, you're here. And so I'm going to lead you in this prayer. And I want you to invite Jesus to be the leader and to be the Lord of your life. Let's bow our heads in prayer in Grovetown Campus, South Campus, us all just in reverence. Father, I pray for our congregation today and I pray for for our friends that are here with us. And Lord, we've come from different places and different experiences, but we've all come here and we come with a basic need that we need you in our lives. We need your strength and we need your power and we need you to release the potential in us. And Father, there's a group of people here that have never made a decision to become a Christian. They've never invited Jesus to be the leader and the Lord of their lives. And Lord, today, they're taking that step. And so, Lord, as I lead them in this prayer, I ask that you would do as only you could do, that you would save them. So if that's you, just pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, come into my heart and forgive me of my sin. Just say that, Jesus, forgive me. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you want me to be. Say that. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person you want me to be. I give you my life. I give you my past. And I trust you with my future. Pray this. Say, Jesus, save me. Say, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. I pray this in Christ's name. With heads still bowed, how many of you would be courageous enough to say, Marty, I just prayed that prayer with you. Slip up your hands just very quickly. All across this room, yes. Across this room, yes, others. You prayed that prayer. Father, I pray, God, that now you would give strength and encouragement. I pray not only uh, for these that are making these decisions, but there's a group of people that walked in this door that they just feel weak. 
and they need strength. There's a group of people that do not feel well or, or they're overcome with anxiety. I pray, God, that you would lay your hand upon them and, God, give them healing and give them health in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for those that are just struggling to figure out uh, their purpose on this earth. I pray that, God, you would start to release potential in them. And we pray this, and we pray that your spirit would rest upon us. So, Lord, we receive, say this, say, God, I receive, say that, I receive what you have for me. Say, I receive what you have for me in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you today. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.